Yo, 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 what it do, what it do. It's your boy, Yellow the Poet, and I am here with Miss Madonna Hannah. We're about to get this show rocking, ladies and gentlemen. Please join in, have fun, and let's get this show on the road. So, Miss Madonna, I truly thank you for joining YTP Entertainment. It's a pleasure to have you. And understanding that you've been a teacher, that is awesome. Awesome, awesome. Spending many years doing this and writing a book and now an author. Love it, love it, love it. So there are definitely some things that we can actually intertwine on. So please feel free to give us the deeds. Let us know what's going on with you. <laughs> Yellow, thank you very, very much for allowing me to be a guest on your show today. And I hope that in the time that we spend together, that we're going to inspire, we're going to inspire yes. <laughs> to aspire higher. <laughs> and you, you mentioned that, yes, I taught a vocational class, fashion marketing, for 32 years before, <laughs> yes, to high schoolers. Yes, high schoolers, <laughs> mostly girls. There were a few guys sprinkled in there, but yes, the joys of teaching teenage girls. <laughs> Before I started teaching, I did work in the fashion industry at the corporate level in retail and in uh, manufacturing and design. Uh, I was bullied were you bullied growing up were you bullied my goodness i did have some um attempts at bullying but <laughs> one of those who was not afraid to fight back <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well i didn't fight back i i i didn't and you know we're kind of set the stage of me being bullied which led to me eventually writing a self-esteem book for children and and eventually a play too called beautiful differences i was raised in the white suburbs of boston massachusetts in a very conservative town and when you're the only one that looks like you in elementary school, <laughs> in fact, in my elementary school, there were only three other students that looked like me. But in my particular grade level, it was just me. And yes, I was bullied because of the color of my skin constantly every single day. And that happened also in middle school and high school. When I look back, I am grateful for the experience of being bullied because it helped me to develop a thick skin, <laughs> which one does need when one is working in the fashion industry. Uh, and I did encounter prejudice. <laughs> Ooh, yes, blatant, oh, yeah. blatant. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, quick, quick story. I was managing 
I, I had the fortune to be a retail executive at one of the major department stores in downtown Boston. Awesome. And one day, a customer went to one of my salespeople with a complaint about some merchandise. And the sales lady, who was white, um, brought the customer over to <laughs> the manager, me. And the, the customer was white. Oh, yellow. She looked me up and down. And then she said to uh, my sales lady, I want a real manager. And my sales lady, who'd been around, you know, she, she'd been working in the store since the depression and uh, she didn't understand what the customer was saying, but I understood. I understood perfectly. Yes. I understood. And I, yellow, bad, 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 bad me. I could have directed her to a white manager across the floor who knew my merchandise and who could have helped her. But I said, hmm, let me call a white manager from the hardware department. <laughs> That's what I did. I, I called a white manager from the hardware department. And I said, there's a customer here who would like to speak with you. Could you come here immediately, please? And the customer, her chest went up because hmm, she was satisfied. And then when the blonde, blue-eyed assistant manager from the hardware department came stepping into the tween department, that's Young Juniors, which, which, which I manage. For me, I used to do clothes too. So. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so, so we've got the... Yeah. So get the setting here, right? And here comes this beautiful little blonde, blue-eyed manager from the hardware department. And she says to the guys, you know, and I say to her, this customer would like to speak with you. And the customer brightened up, explained her situation. And the assistant from the hardware department said, ma'am, I would really like to assist you, but I don't know anything about this merchandise. This is Miss Beauclair's department. And do you know that customer got upset and she left? She did not want me to help her. She left and as she was leaving, I said, Thank you very much for coming into Jordan Marsh today. <laughs> I was so angry, Yellow. I was so oh angry and I was hurt inside, but mm -hmm. I didn't let her see it. And mm -hmm. I turned and I went into my office and I had a habit of taking a couple of deep breaths and crying for about three seconds. I only allowed myself three seconds to cry. Mm -hmm. And then I pulled myself back together. And if I had not, <laughs> if I had not been bullied <laughs> as a child, I would not have been able to have handled myself and to even poke fun a little bit at the customer because I certainly could have. 
Yeah. I said, could have brought in a manager who knew my merchandise, but I said, mm-mm, mm-mm. let me just take control here and give her what she wants, but not the way she's expecting it. <laughs> and, and, and I did share that story with my students, awesome. you know, to, to let them know that there's a way to respectfully and tactfully handle things. Because if I had called her out as a racist, I'm the one that would have been perceived in the wrong because she never called me a name or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But she just made her presence felt. She made her presence felt. And uh, I just had to take care of business the best way I could. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this reminds me of the episode with uh, Saffron and Son. Um, Lamont kept begging um, Fred to go to the dentist and he wouldn't go for anything in the world because he said he hated dentists. Mm-hmm. So he finally went to the dentist and the lead dentist, the owner of that office was a black man. And he was like, oh no, oh no. He wouldn't open his mouth for him. He wouldn't act right for him or anything. So the dentist was like, okay, I get it. He said, I'll be right back. Let me get someone else that can help you. So he sent one of his students in to help him. The student looked in his mouth. He was like, now you see right here, Lamont? You see right here, Lamont? This is a real, this is a real dentist. This is a real dentist. He said, I bet you went to one of them Ivy League colleges, didn't you? He said, no, I went to a local college. And then he was like, oh, that's okay. Well, I, I bet you was one of the high honors. He said, no, I was one of the lowest in the class. And Fred was looking so stupid the morning. And he was like, okay, well, just open your mouth. So he opened his mouth. He said, well, this is something I don't have experience in yet. So let me just give you to our director. So the black guy came back out and he folded his arms and Red Fox looked so stupid. <laughs> He looks so stupid, <laughs> but it's just, it was just an example of another way to set the stage without having to make any derogatory statements, any exactly. mentally, well, not mentally, but verbally abusive, but at the same time, you still got your point across. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And one other short example, the buyer mm-hmm. for the tween department, she already had some bullying issues before my little dark self arrived to be in charge of her (laughs) department. But she did not like when I was promoted to her department. (laughs) And, And she would say things, you know, and one day when she was visiting her department, right in the front of the department was a rounder of blouses, mm-hmm. little white blouses with pink flowers with green leaves. I shall never forget them. $23. A couple of white customers, female customers came over, took a blouse off, unbuttoned it, then put it back on the hanger and it slipped off the hanger, fell onto the floor. 
the buyer was coming across the floor. She saw everything that had happened. I saw everything that had happened. So I was walking over, you know, to pick up the blouse. And the buyer starts yelling at me. What's my $23 on the floor? Blah, 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 blah. And then all that prejudice, yellow, all that prejudice and hate just came out. Wow. My department was on the fourth floor, which is important. But she called me every name in the book. She called me the N word, a black N. She called me the witch word. She just went off. And I stood there. And like I said, thank goodness I had been bullied. Now, this woman outranks me. She outranks me. She was bringing in the fourth largest volume in the corporate. Mm -hmm. This was the largest department store in New England. So she had a lot of power. I took a deep breath and I walked out of the department over to where the divisional manager was, the, divini the, the divisional manager for the children's division. She was on the phone and I said to her, today is my last day. You either transfer me to another department or I quit. And she was like, click, <laughs> what's going on? Because she knew that, oh, no, no, that doesn't, you know. And I told her what happened. In the meantime, the buyer was yelling and screaming. She left my department. She walked out of my department, this blankety, blank, blank, blank. She took the escalator down four stairs, calling me the N-word, the black witch word. She went across the street, up eight floors to her buying office. So everybody had an air view, which means there were lots of witnesses to all this racial verbal abuse. And I will tell you that the top corporate management, boom, got on it like that. And it was resolved. My boss called me over and she said, listen, the buyer cannot come into her own department without asking your permission. She's got to call you and ask you. And I smiled and my boss said, wipe that smile off your face, Madonna. That woman's going to be gunning for you. You make sure that you've got everything ship shape because she's going to be gunning for you. You know, the management had to tell her that as a corporate, as a top corporate executive, her behavior was not becoming. And they're not going to put up with that. You know, of course, they're not going to fire her. Yeah. But, you know, they just took that privilege yeah. away from her. But still, my boss said to me, um, mm -mm, you wipe that smile off your face. You've got an enemy <laughs> and you do. You do everything you need to do. And then eventually... The buyer and I got along. One day she said to me, Madonna, the department looks wonderful. You got everything all ship shape. And I told the merchandise managers and all the top executives, did they tell you? And I was honest with her. I said, no. And she said, oh, fine. If I'd called you a name, you know, it would have been, you know, it, it would have been on. But um, we were able to get along and to be civil.
with each other. And she was actually a nice person, you know? And then you see, there's a story with that too. But once again, if I had not been bullied yellow, if I didn't have that develop that tough skin, I would have just crumpled on that department floor and I would have been crying. I would have been crying. I mean, because when she started spewing all that venom and heat toward me, you know, it's 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 humiliating. It's it's just awful. You know, you just feel awful inside. But I just had that strength and it's like, let me just walk away and let me walk right over to my boss. Just stay calm. Yes. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. There's, there's I'm sorry, but my demeanor and my tolerance for people like that is pretty hard because in my neighborhood where I grew up at, there were blacks on one side of the street and there were whites on the other side of the street. And they would always like literally every day come over to our side trying to fight us, trying to pick on us, trying to bully us. And we would always fight them back. We would always beat them up and send them back over there. But then they come with more and more and more of them as if it was just a small group of us. But they never knew how many of us it really was. So one time they brought probably about 20 guys over there and they brought them guys on the same day that me and my friends had actually planned to practice for Chicago's Blood Billiken Parade because we were actually going to be in the parade doing bodies. And it was so crazy because when they came over, me and my cousin, actually two of my cousins and a couple of our friends, we were the only ones there at the time, but the others was literally maybe two or three minutes away mm -hmm. white guys came over to our side over there and they were surrounding us they were calling us names all types of racial slurs and then they got off their bikes and they attempted to start trying to fight us not realizing one we're going to stand our ground we don't care how many of you it is we're going to stand our ground so we got off of our bikes and we were in position ready to fight them and here come the rest of our guys. There was literally 100 of us. Some of the guys were from the projects and some of the guys were from the houses that we lived in because our houses were close to the projects. But all of us got together every year to perform in the Blood Billiken Parade. And it was crazy because they came literally about one minute after all of us got off of our bikes. And uh -huh. I stood up like, what? what's going on and they thought they were just going to run away and get away no we did not let them get away we beat them up and said to their side hey we're here it's on you started it you know we was minding our own business but like yeah but we're gonna finish it <laughs> i mean it was it was crazy then they decided to like call the police and all this stuff but again, not realizing who we are, the families, the statue, not knowing anything about us because they never tried to. They always tried to fight us. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So when they called the police, the police officer looked at me and he was like, he's like, yeah, what you doing over here? I was like, we came over here to do what we do every year. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You all practice over here in this huge parking lot for the building parade every year. And the white boys was looking like, and the parents was looking like, it's like you guys are messing with the wrong people. And this was the chief and the sergeant who was actually standing right there at the time. And my grandmother came over because everybody knew my grandmother. And come to find out, even some of the boys' parents knew my grandmother. Okay. So when they when they realized who they were messing with, it kind of slowed down, but it never stopped. Uh-huh. So we ended up fighting them literally all the way from like seventh grade to high school. <laughs> you know, isn't yeah. it just weird how that happens? <laughs> like, okay, here we go again. But 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 that's how things are in life too, because you can look at our governments, you can look at you know, countries around the world, you could, you know, even in the, from biblical times, ancient times, biblical times, it's always the same. It's always the same thing, you know, and, and, and what are you fighting for? Well, sometimes, well, we don't know, just, just like what's happening in the Ukraine, you know, Putin is just like, taking people off the street now to go fight this war and 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 people you know the guys are saying i don't want to do this it doesn't make sense you know this is your pride you know you know you're in a bunker hidden away you know but 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 it's always like uh and and like you said you just have to stand your ground and say here we go again i've got to prove myself yet again and and tell you know you settle that and then it's always something else but but you learn from those experiences you hopefully learn from the experiences you gain strength you gain strength of character you gain wisdom because you're looking at this like this doesn't make sense, but I've got to do what I've got to do to survive, to move on. Exactly. Uh, while you're like, okay, here we go again. I got through it before. I'll get through it this time. Because <laughs> you're, you're, well, but you know, because you learn. Yes. Some people never learn, as you know. You're like, are you doing that dumb thing again? <laughs> okay, right? Yes, <laughs> right? Yes. So so anyway, um, I didn't start off to be a teacher. I just, it it was just one of those things that that came about when uh, my husband and I moved from Massachusetts to Washington State. And no, retailing was different out here than the East Coast, (laughs) you know, East Coast, West Coast. It is different. And I had an opportunity to teach fashion marketing. My reasoning and purpose was I wanted to give back to an industry that had been good to me by preparing 
students so that boom, day one, when they come through the door, they have a good um, uh, work ethic. Okay. Now, I knew that all of the students that took the fashion marketing class weren't going to go into fashion. I, oh, I knew that. But I wanted to teach them a good work ethic. And part of that is learning how to respect people. And there would be no bullying in my classroom. And I told the students that like, mm -mm. oh, I know how it looks. I know how it feels because I was bullied. It's not going to fly in yes. here. And I, and I would tell them, I don't care who you don't like and why you don't like them. I don't care. But you will listen to each other. You will respect each other. And just know that 12% of the people that <clears throat> you're going to meet during your work life are going to like you. So what you have to do is learn how to get along. Learn how to be tolerant. Learn how to get along. Don't put people down. Don't, don't, don't tease. Don't bully. Yes. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. And, and, you know, a couple of people, a couple of students tested me and it was like, mm -mm, squashed it. And the other students were like, shoot, she means it. Because, you know, you have kids. And when you say something, they're going to test you to see if you mean it. Yes. And yeah. once they find out you don't, you've, you've lost that little battle. And now you have a war that you're going to have to, you know, because you have all these little skirmishes like, okay. And, and, and when they find out, no, dad said, no, he means it. Don't even try it. You see, you, you, you get that. And so I gained that kind of a reputation and it made the classroom safe right. for, for, for everyone and, and more work gets done and everybody has an opportunity to learn <clears throat> to feel comfortable about learning and if they make a mistake or say something you know that would be perceived as dumb it, it's it's okay it's okay it's you know expect everybody to know everything or to comprehend as quickly as by or as, any, as anyone else yes everybody's got their own skills and 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 talents and just because um I can't do something as well as you can. It doesn't mean that I'm dumb or stupid. It just means, wow, you have this gift. And I have lots of gifts too. And, and perhaps we can share and appreciate them. Yes. And everybody learns at their own pace too. That's another thing. It, exactly. Everybody's exactly. pace is not, it's not set the same. Because if it was, then we'd all be on the same wavelength and it, the world would just be crazy it would be so boring that i don't think <laughs> yes yes and 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 I, I i think that because people learn differently there are uh opportunities to be innovative mm -hmm. to to assist with the learning instead of it being cookie cutter like 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 it has been yes yeah also a lot uh, Opportunity to piggyback off of another person's learning experience, which a lot of times when you do piggyback off of someone else's learning experience, you often open doors in their mind that would allow them to say, hey, I've never looked at it like that. <laughs> yes. Um, 
you are a poet and I, may I read a poem that I wrote <clears throat> that is in my, uh, a play called Beautiful Differences that I wrote to, to help build children's self-esteem. And the premise is that a local department store, gee, where'd that come from, is having a fashion show and they want to use the kids from, 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 from the school. And the student council member comes over and he shows the popular kids, hey, look, here's a fashion show you can be in. And they're all like, yay, yay, yay. Yeah, we're going to try out for it. Then he gives the notice to the outcast kids. And he says to them, yeah, you guys come and watch. And then there's a group of kids with special needs. And he says to them, here, you guys come and watch, you know, and they're like, why do we always have to get, why can't we, you know, be the ones who can be in stuff? So, so anyway, the popular kid, she looks over and she sees that, ooh, he gave flyers to them. And this is what she says. This is how she feels about herself because she is a bully. And she says, I can't help that I'm fashionably fit and they're not. I can't help the fact that I am pretty and perfect and they're not. I can't help that I have a flawless complexion and they're covered with zits. I can't help if everybody adores me and wants to be in my clique. I can't help that people hang on every senseless, stupid word I say. You see, I'm conceited and I'm fickled and I need people to look up to me, me, and me. No wonder when I, no wonder I win all the school elections. I didn't ask to be perfect and popular. Sorry, I'm in and you're not. But for now, the world really does revolve around me. And what would I do if it didn't? Oh, I just can't help that I'm fashionably fit and they're not. And as I was writing this, thank you. I was thinking that the key part of this is right now the world revolves around me. But what would I do? If it didn't, Ooh. You know. there are so many people who could not fathom the thought of the world not being revolved around them. Um, take, for example, and I'm going to throw this name out there because truthfully, I don't care if they find out or not. But take, for example, Kanye West, he feels that the world evolves around him and if his ego was not big enough to accept all of the fake um popular comments that are thrown his way and all of the phoniness then he couldn't you know wallow in his glory he couldn't do it but when reality hits and you got people like um, the famous rapper that was before him, Willie D, who's telling it exactly like it is and putting people like him in his place, they can't fathom that. They won't even answer that or say anything about that because that does not feed or um, alter to accelerate their egos. If it doesn't do that, then no, we can, uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to stay away from this because this is not my world. 
my world evolves around everyone sucking up to me. Exactly, exactly. A few weeks ago, and I'm, and, and I'm glad that you brought Khan Kanye up. A few weeks ago, I read a quote, maybe you saw it too, that he said that he doesn't like to read. It's like eating broccoli. And I thought, oh my goodness, you are a prominent black man. Why are you sharing that you don't like to read? Because there are so many young black males who look up to you, who emulate you. You know, you and I know what he is, but you know how fragile and how impressionable young people are, especially our young black males, you know, you've got sons and no matter what we say to them, it's like, mm -hmm. but when someone who is a prominence and has a lifestyle that they'd like to emulate says, shoot, I don't like to read. It's like eating broccoli. It's like, oh no, oh no, oh no. I just thought he doesn't know how damaging that statement is. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a retired fashion marketing educator and I come across young black men who, who could not read in high school not just young black men, but, you know, kids who make it through high school, white, black, yellow, green, who cannot read. And reading, once you know how to read, it opens the world to you because you are able to do other things too because you can read. You can read important documents, you know, it, it, you 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 can just read whatever and it's going to expand your mind and improve your life and and i know kanye like you said he's in his own world saying his own thing and it goes out there on the social media platforms and it's well kanye doesn't like to read so i'm not going to read i don't like reading and 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 i do know grown uh, African-American males who don't like to read, <laughs> you know, I don't like reading. And it's like, oh, you got to read so people can't cheat you, intimidate you, you know, and, and just for your own investment in yourself. Exactly. So how does he become such a um, businessman? How does he, how did he just finally become a billionaire if reading was not uh, a fundamental asset to his success. That, I mean, there's, it's one thing to make a statement or to say something and put, put, put it out there publicly, but it's another thing to continue to excel in your success because you're showing one thing, but you're saying something else, which yes makes you look like a liar you're fake you're phony you're you're willing to say any and everything that people will listen to 
but you're not willing to show how you got into the position that you're in now. That's pretty much what it sounds like. And then when you look at it from that standpoint, you also look at the, the historical standpoint where um, hieroglyphics, um, language, um, you have um, people, you have different people that were in different positions. I'm talking about all throughout the history of the world being born, you have all these different people and each person brought something different to the to the table for humanity to learn from. And we grew from that period all the way up to now. There's proof of so many different things that we know about now, today, but then there's other things that we have no proof of, but yet people still gravitate to those things that we have no proof of. So Kanye saying, I don't like to read, but yet we have no proof that he doesn't like to read because he's this successful businessman. Exactly. And you got to, and those contracts that he's got to sign, I mean, I know he has attorneys to read them, but there's stuff that he, he does have to read something because you're not going to have that amount of success without being exposed to reading something because you've got to be aware because your accountants and your attorneys can cheat you and take all your money. You wake up one day and you don't have any money because they stole it because you didn't read something. Exactly. And they know that you're not going to read something. And, and another thing too that young people need to realize is that especially on uh, social platforms, your words have power and impact. You may be saying something off the cuff, like, I don't like reading. It's like eating broccoli. Wow, the repercussions of that. And it's just like, like you said, it's some simple little thing that he, who even knows what the premise was for why he even said it. You know, you know, but the impact, the impact is to me detrimental to the young minds of people who look up to him, especially people of color, because he is, well, he's successful and he doesn't read. Well, there was a time, yet yeah, you, you can not know how to read and be successful. You can. We, we know that from history, people who worked hard, mm -hmm. people who worked hard, they had an idea and they worked hard. And, and yes, they, they became a success and they eventually learned how to read, <laughs> you know, they, they, because it became a necessity. And, and also one other thing is that, uh, looking at the African-American history, um, we weren't taught how to read because reading is knowledge and knowledge is power. And it's like that around the world where people are oppressed. Well, we don't want people to read this. We don't want people to read that. Mm -hmm. And to just freely say, well, I don't like reading. It's like, 
wow, <laughs> wow. You know, it, reading is a privilege because knowledge is power. Yes, knowledge is definitely power. I, um, yeah. I, I, I kind of want to add something to what you were saying because there are um, situations historically like me, my wife, and my children, we were actually on the subject one day. Now, a lot of people say that the people in the past weren't educated or they, current, they couldn't read and also say that about um, some of the slaves, that they weren't educated, that they couldn't read. Well, here's the difference in what's, what's stated back then versus what's stated now. Back then, you also have to think about before um, the Blacks, the Native Americans, and some others, before they were taken into slavery, you have to realize that they had a culture and that culture that they followed and that those things that they studied was of a different language. So a lot of times when people say they were not educated, they were just not educated in the English language. It wasn't that they weren't educated, it was just not in the English language. That's but right. that they would not allow them to read. They didn't want them to further the education that they already had because most of the people that they enslaved were smarter than them anyway. They just were outwitted, which makes yes. sense. And yes. <clears throat> yes. Happening today and what's being taught to our children today, it makes a huge difference on how that's how that stated and how that impacts the children that are growing up today. These are also some of the things that I teach my children about, you know, history. Yeah, just because it wasn't the way that you perceived it doesn't mean that that's, that's the end all be all to, what, to where these people were, the stature of these people, the educational levels of these people. Because think about this, there was no electricity the way we know it. Now I'm speaking the way that the Mayans speak. The Mayans state that the world will end as you know it. In other words, if they didn't say that the world, there was just gonna be this fire and brimstone and things of this nature, they stated that it would end as you know it. Meaning that the time that you're thinking that the world is gonna end, it means that it's gonna change from what you're used to to- Yes. <laughs> And now because you progress, yes. <laughs> but a lot of people don't see it that way. They're just like, once they hear something like the Maya said, the world's going to end, that, that's where they stopped at. That's where they stopped listening. The world's going to end. But 2012, I think, they said the world was going to stop and uh, end in 2012. Yeah, 2008. I mean, December the 8th, 2012. Mm -hmm. Our, I had to do a college um, project on that. I had to do a, um, I was in college and I had to do a um, PowerPoint on that. And the board of directors came down, the chairs came down, students from other classrooms came into the classroom. Everybody wanted to actually hear me speak on that topic because they were misled as to what was really gonna happen. And when I got finished, oh my goodness, everybody came to me with, all types of questions about 
you know, 2012, December 8, the Mayans, the Aztecs, um, Sumerians, they came to me with so many different questions. It was, it was great. I mean, it was a great experience and it was a great opportunity to teach people about things that they knew nothing about. Yes. And what was also wonderful about that is that <clears throat> they listened, they comprehended and reached out to you to ask you more questions about it. Now, I don't know how many people there said, yeah, this is a bunch of whatever. I mean, yeah, that's just them. But the fact that you opened up a dialogue that they listened, understood, and wanted more understanding about it. How absolutely wonderful. You must have felt like, wow. You know, you made more of a more of an impact like i said our words whether it's positive negative or enlightening they they have an impact on people and sometimes something that you've said resonates and it's wow all i said was yeah yeah <laughs> you know you know because it's like why is all this going on? Well, all I said was, and it can be positive or negative, but it was all I said was, and, and the next thing you know, those words have had an impact. Yeah. And good for you. Good for you. Good for you. I have uh, a question. Yes. So in all the things that you have gone through, the bullying, the learning experience from all of those, what would be the overall takeaway from that that you would share with any and everybody in the world? Doesn't matter who they are. I'm going to say that First of all, anything is possible. And when you go through situations that are extremely challenging, first of all, know that you are not the only person in the world, in the history of the world. Yes, yes. Who has gone through something challenging and we'll go through something challenging. It is how you handle it. It is how you move through it. And it is also what you learn from the experience. Now, I could have turned out to be an extremely bitter and hateful person. Because all the time that I was in school, there was always not just white, majority white kids who bullied me, but there were moments when black kids bullied me too because of how I speak and my demeanor because I grew up in an all white neighborhood. So <laughs> I'm a little different <laughs> and they picked on me unmercifully. And I thought, I can't catch a break here. You know, the white kids are picking on me because of the color of my skin. And the black kids are saying, well, you think you're white. And I'm saying in my head, 
Uh, I know I'm not <laughs> because the white kids remind me, you know, and I can't help where my parents moved and, and the education that was provided to me. I can't help my environment and what happened as, as a child. Okay. But what I have learned that you can't be bitter. You learn, you take what you've learned and you do the very best that you can with it. And when the time comes, if somebody comes to you who is in a similar situation to some of the challenges that you've been through, whether you've lost your job, you, you know, your husband left you, your kids are rotten, but then, you know, they get turned around or, you know, because we know that all kinds of things can happen. Mm -hmm. When somebody comes to you, who's in the same situation, you can help them. You can honestly say, I know what you're going through. And I'm not BSing around because I went through this. I got through it. And this is what I can suggest to you. You can take my advice or not. I'm hoping to be the light at the end of your tunnel. Uh, and that's what I'm hoping for kids who, who have been bullied, no matter who, what color they are, that I can be the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and just, just know that you're going to get through it. You're going to, don't wallow in it. You're going to get through it, but you have to have the strength and the perseverance. Yes, indeed. Yes. And you have to want to. Yes, yes. So, um, getting a little short here. So, can you please give us places where we can actually um, speak to you? Social media, websites, things of that nature. How can our people actually reach out to you? My <clears throat> email address is madfashion2001 at yahoo.com. My social media platforms, Instagram is Madonna Fit, Fast, and Fabulous. We didn't talk about me being a late in life sprinter and nationally ranked and all that sort of thing. No, <laughs> no. Uh, like I said, any, any, anything is possible. I also have my website, Drop Kick the drama.com and if uh, anyone is interested because the holidays are coming up and purchasing my book mommy why are my eyes so big uh, they can email me and I also have my children's play that I'm pitching and if you give me your email address I will send you a copy of my play and and uh, with you being a poet and everything like that who knows you never you know you don't know stuff until you ask you don't know you know maybe there's a children's theater around that uh you know you can say yes my guest wrote this play it's based on her children's book here take a look at it because yeah. my darlings bullying is still in style i just sent it to you Part match, <laughs> so you can definitely have it. Okay, okay. 
definitely. I am super, super excited. Thank you so much, Miss Madonna. You have definitely been an inspiration to me, and I'm hoping that my fans feel the same. No doubt about that. Um, definitely keep going. Never stop. You seem like a firecracker. You ready, 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 ready. Hey, ready, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Yellow, I have this. This has been a pleasure for me to have a conversation with you. We went some places we didn't know we were gonna go, but it all came. But it all came came together. And I like the snaps <laughs> for my talk. That's that. That's why I want to send you my play. And uh, so you can read, you know, some 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 of the other poems that are incorporated in it. And who knows what we might be able to do? Because when you connect with people, there's there, there's a reason. There, there's a reason, and, uh, and 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 you don't know. So let's not have our conversation stop with this one show. Let's yeah. let's see what maybe we can do Since to. To be, you know, in, impactful to 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 other people. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's always going to be a blessing. So I truly thank you so much, Miss Madonna. It's a pleasure having you. Definitely hope to get you back on here. Let's take this a step further. Get into exactly. the next phase of life. So thank you so much. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. Peace and blessings, boy. Yellow. And we are out of here. <laughs>